My name is Triple C, Olympic champion, flyweight champion of the world, and now bantamweight champion of the world. I am the greatest combat actor of all time. What's up, guys? Welcome back to All Day MMA Radio, episode six. It's been a while, but we're back, and I'm excited to talk some MMA. So let's jump right into it. First topic of discussion in today's episode is going to be what you guys just watched, the self-proclaimed best combat sports athlete of all time, a.k.a. Triple C, a.k.a. Henry Cejudo. I'm going to tell you guys what I think about that, and then I want to know what you think about it down below. So let's start off with this. Henry Cejudo's most recent performance against Marlon Moraes was undoubtedly extremely impressive. The win itself is even that more impressive when you take into the fact that Henry had an extremely sprained ankle going into the fight that wasn't revealed until after the fight. I actually just saw a picture of it that I will put up now. Check that out. That is crazy. Look at all the bruising and swelling. Henry went into that title fight with a crazy ankle injury and he still came out on top. He faced a ton of adversity in that first round. He definitely lost the first round by quite a bit. To me, it looked like he's probably en route to getting finished in the second or third round if the fight continued at that pace and continued the way it was going. To my surprise, Henry completely, completely, completely turned things around in the second round and he started to dominate. His clinch work was insane. He threw a ton of crazy hard knees in the clinch that Marlon had absolutely no answer for. Uh, just incredibly impressive performance as a whole. Like I said, he went through so much adversity going into the fight with that injury and then all that adversity he faced in the first round. To be able to come out at the beginning of the second round knowing how badly his ankle was injured, knowing how badly he lost that first round and turn it around like he did and then he ended up getting the finish in the third round via stoppage. That was just a crazy performance. There's really nothing else to say. I was absolutely mind blown. I could not believe what I was watching. Marlon Moraes in that fight looked like he was the much bigger man, the much stronger man. He was putting a beating on Henry in that first round. Like I said, I thought he'd end up stopping him in the second or the third round, the way the fight was going. But just that right there proves you cannot count Henry Cejudo out. He always finds a way to win. The dude has the heart of an absolute warrior. He never gives up and he finds a way to make things happen. That's really all there is to say about it. Is he the best combat sports athlete of all time though? That's the question that I want to answer. Of course, it's all opinion based. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions. My opinion is not yet, but I think he's getting there and I think eventually one day, maybe even not in the too distant future, he may have a claim to that throne. Right now, just based on body work, I would say that title belongs to either Anderson Silva or John Jones. Um, I wanna, I, the only reason I'm throwing Anderson Silva in there is because he had an extremely dominating title reign for quite a few years and his style was just, nobody knew what to do with it. It's like he terrified his opponents before they even started the fight with them. They got in the cage with them and they felt like they didn't belong. They were scared of him. They were afraid of Anderson Silva making them enter the matrix like he did against Forrest Griffin. They just didn't want to be embarrassed. So a lot of them, I think, mentally lost the fight before the actual physical part started. But when you compare Anderson Silva's record or Anderson Silva's um, resume against John Jones, I think John Jones absolutely has a stronger resume. The only thing about John Jones is he has been caught on quite a few occasions for uh, breaking the rules. 
The majority of people think he's probably been roiding most of his careers or using performance enhancing drugs the majority of his career. I'm somewhere in the middle about that. I think without a doubt he's been using something. Obviously he's got caught. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he's been using the majority if not all of his career. But at the same time it's tough to say how many fighters, how many dominant fighters have actually been clean. So uh, that's hard to say. USADA hasn't been around for a while and apparently they weren't even testing for EPO for that long, which is what TJ Dillashaw just got caught for. So if they just started testing for that and before USADA came along, the drug testing was not very uh, up to par, if you want to say that. It's really tough to say who was clean and who wasn't. So uh, kind of got to take that with a grain of salt and judge the greatest combat sports athlete of all time based on the resume. I also like to include the performances in there because they can be a dominating fighter, but if their fights are extremely boring or the majority of them are boring, not quite as exciting, that's why I'm not throwing GSP into the mix. He sh based on his body of work, based on how dominant he was, he could absolutely be considered one of, if not the greatest combat sports athletes of all time. But I don't include him on the list because I personally didn't find the majority. I think he's an incredible athlete, incredible fighter, incredible human being. But I don't think a lot of his fights were too exciting. I don't think he went for the finish. I think he played it safe far too often. And that is why I do not include him at the top of my list for the most dominant combat or the best combat sports athlete of all time. Now, like I said, it's open to interpretation. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But this, once again, is mine. Let me know what you guys think down below. So in summary, is Henry Cejudo, Triple C, the greatest combat sports athlete of all time? Let's take a look at his past three fights. Like I said, he is on the road to that throne. And the reason why, his last three fights. A win over Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, although it was a bit controversial, it was a split decision. I thought it could definitely go either way. It was an extremely close fight. I would love to see a rubber match between the two in the hopefully not too distant future. But he did come away with the win, and he was the one to finally dethrone Mighty Mouse at 125. So you got to give him all the credit in the world for that, especially the way the first fight turned out between them with uh, Mighty Mouse finishing Henry Cejudo without too much trouble via, I believe he finished it with a, uh, a knee to, maybe a, a knee to the liver. It was a knee to the body somewhere. That's what ended up finishing Henry Cejudo. And that was uh, not too far into the first round. So comparing that fight and his most recent fight with Demetrius Johnson, it's completely night and day. The improvement that we see in Henry Cejudo from fight to fight is just insane. Dude's work ethic cannot be questioned. His heart cannot be questioned. His talent cannot be questioned. All of it's just way, way up there. So like I said, I think he's on the road to becoming the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. I just don't know if he's there quite yet. Because the only person I think you can really compare him to, especially in MMA, even though combat sports obviously includes boxing as well, is John Jones. And I think the reason Henry Cejudo, as he mentioned in that clip that you guys saw, he's the triple C, triple champion, meaning champion of the 125-pound division in the UFC, the 135-pound division in the UFC, and then he is an Olympic gold medalist in wrestling. But unfortunately, the Olympic gold medalist in wrestling, although it's an incredible achievement, does not mean much when it comes to the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. Because although wrestling is a part of mixed martial arts, it, it in itself is not really a combat sport. There's no strikes allowed. It's more, it's a grappling sport. So you can't really put too much emphasis on that and factor that too much in, in, in deciding, you know, if he's better than John Jones or if he should be the one on the throne. I think right now, like I said, John Jones' resume is a little bit stronger. He was 
the youngest ever UFC champion. He's been dominant for years and years and years now. There's very, very few fights he's had that have been anywhere near even close, aside from maybe the first fight against Gus. And uh, ever since that, he's even looked bored at times during his title fights. The fights that have been maybe closer, he still won an extremely dominant decision where he won every round. He just kind of looked like he was bored. Uh, but going back to Henry Cejudo, like I mentioned, his last three fights have been incredibly impressive. And he just continues to improve in leaps and bounds from fight to fight. So after that most recent DJ fight, DJ being Demetrius Johnson, his next fight, obviously, was against the aforementioned TJ Dillashaw, who at the time was absolutely just running through the 135 division, aside from that one fight against uh, Dominic Cruz that was also a very close and controversial fight. Um, aside from that, he had recently knocked out Cody Garbrandt twice in a row, and it looked like nobody at 135 could touch him. So the majority of people thought when he came down to 125, as long as he didn't have any problem making the weight, it seemed like the general consensus with the MMA media and the majority of fighters out there is that he would absolutely dominate and not have any problems at all with the Henry Cejudo. Little did we know, it actually went the exact opposite way. Right when the fight started, Henry Cejudo just ragdolled TJ Dillashaw, threw him to the ground like he was nothing. Once he got up, landed some heavy shots and the fight was over within like 30 seconds. Insane. Absolutely insane. Did not see that coming. And then this most recent fight, he moves up to 135, fighting a guy that's been knocking out everyone left and right, former World Series of Fighting, 135-pound champion, Marlon Moraes. Aside from one split decision setback to uh, Rafael Asuncel, I believe, which also was a very close fight. Like I said, it was a split decision. He hadn't lost in a very long time, and he'd been knocking out dudes left and right. He has a ton of power. He's a huge guy for a 135-pound division. He had that epic knee KO against uh, Eljamain Sterling, who looks like he might be the next guy to fight for the 135-pound belt. And Mar Marlon Moraes just absolutely ran through him, turned him into a meme. That was the dab KO. Uh, yeah, I thought, once again, I doubted Henry Cejudo like a bunch of other people. I thought Marlon Moraes would just be too much for him, too strong for him, have too much power. And I thought eventually he would find Henry Cejudo's chin and he would take him out. Once again, I was wrong. It looked like it was, like I said earlier, that's how it looked like it was going the first round. I thought my prediction was spot on. And then the second round starts. It looks like Marlon Moraes is starting to gas a little bit maybe. And Henry Cejudo just keeps turning the pressure up, keeps turning the intensity up, just keeps attacking him, does not give him any room to breathe, does not give him any room to rest. And those clinch knees were just crazy. Marlon had no answer for them at all. It seemed like Henry could get the clinch whenever he wanted, and he could throw knees in the clinch whenever he wanted, and there was nothing Marlon could do about it. He just kept landing heavy knees left and right. And eventually, in the third round, Marlon couldn't answer the shots anymore, and the fight was over. Crazy fight, crazy performance. Um, don't have enough good things to say about Henry Cejudo. The dude just continues to impress me left and right. What's next for him? I don't know. How can you top the past three fights that he's had? Getting a W against Demetrius Johnson, arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest MMA fighter of all time. And then topping that with just absolutely steamrolling TJ Dillashaw, who like I said, not only was he on EPO, but he was considered possibly one of the greatest small fighters of all time and he was definitely be, being talked about as a uh, one of the pound for pound greats at that time and Zahudo just absolutely ran him over and now this most recent performance against uh, Marlon Marais who was another guy that was at the top of that list 
and he just ran him over too. I don't know what's next. I don't know if anybody has anything for Henry Cejudo. I mean, if not Marlon Moraes, if not TJ Dillashaw on EPO, who's going to be able to give anything to him, challenge him even a little bit? I don't see anyone taking either of those belts from Henry Cejudo for quite a while if he chooses to stay at both weight classes. I would love to see, like I said, that rubber match between Henry Cejudo and Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. I think uh, that fight would be very close, and I honestly think Mighty Mouse is pretty much the only person that's going to have anything at all for Henry Cejudo, at least for the foreseeable future. It's unfortunate that Mighty Mouse is not a UFC fighter anymore, so if that fight does take place, UFC is not really about the co-promotion thing, so I don't see that happening anytime soon. Hopefully it happens before both fighters are out of their prime, but if not, I just do not see anyone taking either belt from Henry Cejudo if he has anything to say about it. Alright guys, moving on to someone who I talked about in a video not too long ago that I believed was one of the, if not the best MMA prospect of 2019, someone to keep your eye on. And so far, 2019 has not been treating Aaron Pico kind. Aaron Pico entered 2019 with a record of 4-1. and one. And his most recent fight was this past weekend, and now he is 4-3 and three with his last two losses, his last two fights ending in devastating knockout fashion. The most recent one being a crazy flying knee knockout, in which prior to that knockout, prior to that flying knee, Aaron Pico was absolutely dominating the fight, doing whatever he wanted to. The problem was he was very one-dimensional, and that is the exact same problem he had with his previous fight, his previous loss against Henry Corrales. He was way too one-dimensional. I thought he was dominating that fight too, definitely getting the better of the exchanges, and then prior to that fight, he had fallen in love with body shots, fallen in love with the liver shot. He'd throw his very hard shots to the body. He'd finished a couple fighters with that same shot, and he kept throwing that same shot over and over and over again against Henry Corrales. He was telegraphing it. Henry Corrales knew exactly what he was going to do. He capitalized on it. He threw a shot over the top, and it knocked Aaron Pico out because Aaron Pico was only focusing on one thing. He was just trying to finish the fight via knockout or via TKO with a shot to the body. He wasn't even throwing too many shots upstairs. He was not mixing in any grappling whatsoever, not threatening Henry Corrales with any takedowns, although it is well known that Aaron Pico has amazing, amazing wrestling credentials. So yeah, there was no threat of takedown, and there wasn't much of a threat of any anything aside from that body shot, the right hook that he kept throwing to the body over and over again. And Henry Corrales picked up on that, and like I said, he knocked him out because Aaron Pico was so predictable. With that said, Henry Corrales is a beast himself. He's a former title challenger in Bellator, and he has a record of 17-3. and So he is a lot more experienced than Aaron Pico. He's no slouch, great fighter himself, so there's no shame in losing that fight. So what does Aaron Pico do next? You would think after losing a fight like that, it was a pretty rough knockout. You'd think he would take some time, give his body a rest, maybe switch gyms, switch camps, and try to implement his wrestling more as well as his striking because he, it's also a well-known fact that he has very good boxing. He's trained with Freddie Roach in the past. He was a former Golden Gloves champion, and we've seen his striking on display in Bellator so far. We just haven't seen his wrestling and his striking mixed in in any fight to date, which is unfortunate because the dude's got all the talent in the world. He's got all the tools in his toolbox that he needs to be a dominant champion, but so far, he hasn't really warmed up to the mixed part of mixed martial arts too well. So, coming off that rough 
KO loss to Henry Corrales. Like I said, you'd think he would take some time, which he did. He took a little bit of time off. He did switch camps. He went over to Jackson's MMA, the home of John Jones, which is well known for their grappling or wrestling heavy game plans. They've been called a little bit boring in the past because they definitely formulate game plans that are a little on the safer side. Um, they like to control the fight. They like to, a lot of their fighters are very good wrestlers and they like to take the fight to the ground and kind of, like I said, play it safe. So I didn't think that was a bad thing at all for Aaron Pico. I thought it was a good decision because he taken a bit of damage in his career so far especially in that last fight and he's only 22 years old so he has a ton of time ahead of him like i said he's got all the talent in the world all the talent he needs he just needs someone to help him mix those all those talents together and be able to implement them in the same fight so i thought greg jackson's was a pretty good place to do that but accepting a fight against adam borix who was an extremely talented prospect himself and with a record of 12 wins and zero losses not sure that was the smartest thing in the world, especially in hindsight. Uh, but that's what happened. Aaron Pico, is he's certainly not afraid of any challenges. There's no doubt about that. All of his fights have been against opponents that have a lot, a lot, a lot more experience than him. And they all have good records, too. He's not fighting any bums. He's not fighting any cans. He's fighting talented dudes. And Aaron Pico now, just now, counting his most recent fight... He only has seven professional fights with zero amateur MMA fights. With all of that said, he still looked great in the first round of his most recent fight against Adam the Kid Borix. He finally starts showing us some of his wrestling, actually probably a little bit too much wrestling. That's what I was kind of worried about when I heard that he was going to Jackson's. Uh, like I said, they like to implement very, very wrestling or grappling heavy game plans. And that's pretty much all he did the first round. He was taking Adam down at will, having his way with him in the grappling department, uh, pretty much taking him down whenever he wanted to. He wasn't really landing any heavy ground and pound. He didn't threaten with any submissions, but he controlled where he wanted the fight to go and when it went there. So he dominated the first round. He, uh, I don't know how many takedowns he ended up landing, but pretty much every time he shot for a takedown, he completed it. And the second round was kind of going the same way. The problem was... He was too predictable. Just like his previous loss against Henry Corrales, he was way too predictable. He kept spamming takedown over and over and over again. And although he was landing and completing these takedowns, Adam knew what to expect. He was just waiting and waiting and waiting for his opening. He did a great job of getting up once he was taken down. I thought Aaron Pico looked like he was starting to gas a little bit in the second round. And I think he was getting a little bit lazy with his shots. He was not mixing in his strikes at all. Up to that point, when the fight ended, he'd barely thrown any strikes at all on the feet and he, like i said he has great boxing he has a ton of power he's shown that in previous fights so it's very frustrating to see him only stick with one or the other it's like he's either always striking or he's in his most recent fight he was only re always wrestling if he can mix those two together i strongly believe i still believe he can be an extremely dominant champion for a long time into the future but right now, it's just a frustrating thing to watch. In that second round, it was a lot of the same. At the beginning of the round, he was taking Adam down. And then eventually, Adam got up and uh, looked like Aaron Pico was about to shoot for another takedown. But once again, he didn't mix it in with strikes. It was way too predictable. Adam saw that he's about to shoot. He threw a beautifully, very well-placed flying knee and pretty much knocked Aaron Pico out. I mean, it looked like his lights went out before he hit the ground. He was still somewhat, once he hit the ground, maybe he woke up or maybe he wasn't quite all the way out. 
So he was somewhat trying to defend himself, but I think the ref did a great job calling the fight. I think uh, it was pretty much over at that point. And, uh, man, it was just frustrating and hard to watch. Aaron Pico, like I keep saying, he's just got so much talent. He seems like such a nice kid. He's only 22. He's one of the best young wrestlers in the U.S. His wrestling credentials are amazing. His great boxing credentials. He has a ton of power, which isn't exactly common for that weight class. And he just has all the skills. He has all the tools he needs, but he's just, for whatever reason, up to this point, he hasn't been able to mix them together. So I don't know where he goes from here. Um, I want to see the kid succeed. I keep saying this. I think he can be really dominant. It's just tough to watch. At this point, honestly, I think he needs to take a lot of time off, uh, give his body a chance to recover, because unfortunately now he's suffered two devastating knockouts in a row. And like I said, he's only 22. You don't want to give yourself CTE at a young age. I mean, you never want to give yourself CTE, but you definitely don't want to derail and completely ruin your career before it even gets a chance to get started because you're taking some early losses that you probably shouldn't be taking. I think he definitely, although he is hanging with these guys and at points during the fight, these incredible fighters, he's dominating them. This dude was 12 and 0 prior to the Aaron Pico fight. The guy before that, Henry Corrales, like I said, he had an amazing record as well. These guys have so much experience and Aaron Pico was still having his way with both of them. But he just became too predictable and he got finished because of it. I think he should take a step back in competition I think he should take a lot of time off to let his body recover. In the meantime, I don't know, I guess staying and maybe give Jacksons another shot, work a little more with them. They have produced a lot of great champions. They know what they're doing. He just needs to work on mixing the striking and the grappling so he's not predictable. And so his opponent cannot take advantage of him being that predictable. I think if he takes the necessary time off, I think if he learns to mix his grappling and his striking and implement that in the same fight and learn to become more unpredictable, I think, like I say, he has all the skills, has everything he needs to be successful. I just don't want to see him keep taking these rough losses that I don't think he should be taking this early in his career. I think he's too talented. I think, uh, I think his career up until this point has just been severely mismanaged. I know the kid has all the confidence in the world in himself, clearly. Otherwise, he wouldn't be accepting these fights. But I think it's time to take a step back in competition. Maybe fight some cans or at least guys that have a lot less experience. Uh, you know, dominate those guys. Get some dominant performances. Get your confidence back. Get some more cage time. Get more chance to uh, implement new game plans. Get a chance to get more comfortable mixing up your grappling and your striking and once you get a couple more fights in once you uh starts to become second nature that you're just effortlessly switching from grappling to striking and you, you're not allowing your opponents to pick up on any cues or any uh tendencies then i think will be the point to resume fighting these opponents like an adam borax or a henry corrales maybe even have rematches with them later down the road but right now i think it's too early I think he should take a step back and get his career back on track before it is knocked completely off the rails. Super frustrating. Uh, I think the kid still has a very bright future. I just like I said, I think his career has been very mismanaged so far. And uh, I really hope he takes a step back in competition. I really hope he takes a good amount of time off. And I really hope he uh, just works on mixing up his skills. Anyways, guys, that's all I'm going to say about Aaron Pico for now. If I was his manager, if I was his coaches, that is the kind of stuff I would tell him. Let me know what you guys think down below. If you were his manager, if you were his coach, 
what would you tell him? What do you think is the next logical step for Aaron Pico in his career? And there we go, guys. That is a wrap for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you think about the two topics I discussed in today's episode. Let me know what you think about Triple C and whether he's the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. And also, let me know what you think about Aaron Pico and where he should go from here. Let me know what you think down below, and I will catch you in the next episode. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll see you next time.